You are now listening to the Conversationalist Podcast. Well, hello, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Conversationalist Podcast. This is episode 51. Um, I'm Jesse, and I'm here with Amanda. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Amanda is talking. Um, we're recording this at 8 in the morning. Um, we have somewhere to be in an hour. And, um, I mean, we... I mean, normally we never really did drinks, you know, when we start these things. I mean, typically we might have something to drink on hand um, when we're recording the podcast. And here's talking, get a little thirsty. And so I've kind of, like the past, maybe like three episodes or four episodes, it's kind of like make sure that I have something on hand. Um, and so right before we started recording, Too I'm early like, for this. well, I was just like, what do you want to drink? And she's like, a Coke. And I'm like, hey, do you want to finish one of these two beers that are still in the fridge and she's like it's 8 a.m i'm like who cares it doesn't matter what time it is so it does matter um so she's having coke i'm having mike's hard cranberry lemonade with passion fruit Dang. good way to start the morning nice fruity and sweet <laughs> not a good way to start Ooh, the morning yeah well i mean i think i think it is Mm-mm. that's called early stages of alcoholism no that's not yes, that's called is. just living your life no so um while living my life and recording the podcast Watch your face the, uh, for the first topic we're going to talk about there's a couple gonna be a little bit rapid fire i think the show is probably only last about a half hour um is uh the, about the power rangers movie and this uh this story came from we got this um it's been on numerous other websites this just happened to be the one that I was looking at when I said it to myself to talk about it. Um, but basically, it, it's just it's just indicating that um, although technically the the movie was a success, meaning it did actually make more than they spent, it didn't make a lot more. So the the movie itself cost about a hundred million dollars, and so far, it, maybe it's made a little bit more since this story came out, but it's made about $135 million total. And while most would say, hey, look, it broke even, it made more money, you know, um, maybe that's a good thing and, you know, they can try for, you know, a sequel to continue on with the story, which I felt that they did a good job with the Power Rangers movie. We it was met- really good. We meant to do a review on it and just didn't get around to it. Um, and, I mean, the movie itself, I think, did a really good job. And I normally would never say this, but as far as, like, the diversity of the cast, it was extremely diverse. Uh, you know, as far as how they come together and, like, you know, the, the, the whole socioeconomic system of, like, how they come about is kind of, you know, kind of stupid and cliche because it's been done to death. But, you know, if you just get past that and just enjoy the movie for what it is, it was uh, still a decent enough storyline for, you know, how they come together as a team. and It's like um, a superhero breakfast club. That, I was actually just going to say that, and then you said it. That's, it, that's exactly how I would describe it, um, 100%. And so, uh, you know, when... When you see the whole story unfold, um, it's just pretty satisfying. I mean, 
overall there was a good amount of, there was a good amount of drama there was a good amount of action it seemed like you know there was a good uh, good attention to detail i'd say as far as like uh just the script like it didn't seem thrown together it seemed like they really took their time to make a decent movie but then also uh you know kind of you know put some throwbacks in there you know for the early fans that watched the original power ranger series and you know i mean obviously those people that were watching the original power ranger series are now adults probably with kids of their own um you watched know, all the crappy spinoffs. Yeah, you know, I mean, I remember watching the first, you know, couple of seasons of the Power Rangers before they got really terrible. And, um, you know, I, I really like this one and, you know, them throwing in all those, uh, you know, little Easter eggs, you know, just kind of, you know, a nod to the original uh, Power Rangers. You know, and then right at the end, you see some of the original cast members, I believe... Who's Tommy, Tommy, the Green Ranger in the original Pink Ranger, which is like, I think, I don't know, Kimberly something. Uh, But I mean, they ended up being at the end of the movie. Uh, I I really thought it was a good movie. And so I was actually looking forward to a sequel. I didn't think there was any question that there wouldn't be a sequel just because I felt like the movie was strong enough, you know, from the release. And then, I mean, with these numbers coming out, I mean, they're not incredible by, uh, you know, like a movie studio standpoint, but it's successful enough, I think, to have a second movie. But this, like, this right here just goes to show where movie studios are at with, like, greed. Because, you know, this movie is arguably extremely uh, successful, but... There's not any sort of uh, indication as to whether or not they're going to move forward with uh, with a sequel, which is stupid. Because how much money does a movie have to make before it's considered successful enough to get a second one made? Like, where does it? Like, where do you go from there? Because I mean, I know with Marvel movies, you know, you're talking about making. You're talking about movies that are making, you know, a half billion easy. And then, you know, other movies that are, you know, breaking that threshold of a billion dollars. You know, you're also talking about, you know, these movies getting investments of like 200 million. But, you know, making five times their money. Like, like, does the movie have to make five times its money in order to get a sequel? Like, it just doesn't. I just think this one was meant more for the adults that watched it back in the day. Like, I mean, yeah, we took our kids because they know the new ones. But I think marketing-wise, it was made for, you know, the nostalgic reasons. And it did a good job. But, I mean, obviously it didn't bring in what they thought it was going to bring in, which is sad. Yeah, I I, mean, I was actually kind of shocked that it didn't do better. Um, I think if they did one more, it would do it would do better just because people would know that the first one was so good. Right. And I think the other thing is, too, is just that, I mean, obviously you're talking about making a live action movie for something that at its peak was a very long time ago. (laughs) You know, I mean, Power Rangers peaked a long time ago. You know, I mean, obviously, if they were more timely with a live action movie we would have ended up with, like, a classic piece of crap, you know, because they would have made this live-action movie however long ago, 
Yeah. It wouldn't have been like not great good. at all, probably. <laughs> so, you know, then there'd be like, oh, Hollywood's making another remake, of course. Yeah. You know, they don't have any original ideas and so we'd be talking about, oh look, they remade the nineteen nineties Power Ranger movie that was terrible. But um, you know, at least they decided to make it. And I mean obviously, you know, the the company that, you know, owns the property, which is like Hain Saban or whatever you know, he realizes, hey, look, all these other superhero movies are making a shit ton of money. We're sitting on this established franchise that, you know, a lot of people know. Yeah. So let's make some fucking movies, which, you know, good for them. I, I would really like to see a sequel, though. I feel like the movie studios are, they're overlooking the fact that they had a success. Yeah. A, a small success, but a success nonetheless, in that, you know, they're, they're looking at, these other superhero movies too much as as far as the gauge is concerned as they to want whether the or not Marvel they need movie to... status even though it, that's not the kind of franchise that's going to be right so hopefully hopefully they make a second and moving on to sequels there's a, another movie that um i mean i don't even know if it's a sequel as much as it is just like a remake but uh this movie came from TrailerAddict.com, and it's saying that Tyrese Gibson is favored to play the lead role for the Green Lantern Corps. Um, I know that DC's kind of like stepped away from this franchise just because of the... Because <laughs> it was horrible? Yeah, I mean, it was horrible when Ryan Reynolds did it, and um, I mean, he is part of the Justice League. So, I mean, but as far as a movie coming out anytime soon, I mean, you have pretty much every other character that already has like a slotted time frame for when we can ex expect standalones and, you know, like the actual Justice League movie. And I want to say that, uh, you know, a Green Lantern movie is like way at the end of that. So, um, I guess... It's one of those things where I'm just, I don't know how to feel about the casting for this character, uh, or like the possible casting. I, uh, you know, I think of, I don't know. I mean, I don't even really see him in a superhero role, period. Not even just, not even Green Lantern, just him as... A superhero. Because, like, in the movies he's in, like, with, like, Fast and the Furious and, like, other movies, he's always kind of, like, a goof. Yeah. He's always kind of, like, a goof, and a lot of his lines are... He's, like... Comedic. It sounds bad, because there's more than one, but he's kind of, like, that token black guy. Like, as far as his lines go, like, this, like, the one word, like, woo! Right, yeah. I mean, in, uh, I mean... That's in no way meant to be racist as much as it is just like exactly what she explained is that... Like a horrible in, stereotype. Right. It's like he, he fills a role where he's the brash, loud guy who's overly flashy and then his lines are always something like extremely stereotypical like the woos and the yeahs. And yeah, because Ludacris doesn't have lines like that. They give him, like, 
intelligent speaking roles, which again sounds bad to say one against another, but I mean he's not in the role that it seems that you know Tyrese Gibson's in. Like right. he's he's and, there to be the funny black guy, not ludicrous. He's there to be smart, the smart one. That me, sounds I mean, bad. but I mean, just just in general, I mean, not even the funny black guy as much as it is just that his character is always this token goof. He's always this unserious character in whatever role he's filling and is always just his lines are extremely simplified and silly is, is pretty much what it is. So like when you're talking about him in this role, I don't see, uh, like, I don't see him taking on, like, you know, being, like, a serious superhero that's, like, trying to overcome the forces of evil for good or anything like that. Uh, to me, it's, like, slap the suit on him, and he's just, you know, it's gonna be a lot of him marveling at himself and his powers. Oh, yeah! Woo! Oh, man, I could fly! Like, yeah. you know, I mean, I don't know. I To me, he doesn't have a lot of depth as far as a character goes he seems to play like the same role for everything um so so maybe that means they're gonna try and make this one a funny movie like i hope not to try to capitalize on marvel's comedic the thing is is marvel is really good about making a movie funny without like trying to make it funny like you could be watching like a super serious battle take place where it seems like you know a superhero could potentially die at any moment because of the intensity of their fighting and their their battle worn and their cut and their bleeding. And then there's a real quick camera angle to something silly that's going on in the battle that allows people to tape, take a break from the seriousness and ha 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 ha, that's funny, you yeah. know. And then it continues on. Whereas, like, just making the movie generally funny to me. I, I would hope that's not the direction they're going because I feel like they're just going to fucking completely burn this franchise down from, like, the the, you know, the terrible reputation that it already has. Um, now, this article says that there's a couple of other names that are tied um, to a possible casting of this role, and those include Tom Cruise, nope. Army Hammer, Meh. Bradley Cooper, Jake know. Gyllenhaal, mm. and Ryan Reynolds, which... Obviously not. <laughs> that's like complete bullshit. So, you know, when you're talking about Ryan Reynolds in in, in consideration for that role... Uh, I'm pretty sure he's got a better role right now as Deadpool. <laughs> well, it, it says, given the Canadians' duties with Marvel and Deadpool, Reynolds' return to DC seems near impossible. Like, it was ever a... Con- like... Ryan Reynolds would never, ever, ever. I think he made in a fun million of himself years, and cons- Deadpool about Green Lantern. He's <laughs> like, not doing that. Like, like, like he wouldn't even consider it. Like, okay, maybe the producers are like, "Hey, let's try and get Ryan back to see if he wants to, like, you know, take this, you know, crashed and burned series from the ashes or something like that." But Ryan would never, ever consider doing this role after all the shit that he got from it and having to come back from it and like even making fun of himself for doing such a fucking terrible you know taking a a terrible role it was a bad movie so like i actually have to take every single name on this list with a grain of salt at this point because they seriously listed ryan reynolds in here so with his name being listed among these things i wouldn't even take this into consideration 
which I mean at this point makes you even wonder is Tyrese Gibson even a real consideration but the reason that's you know the reason that's even mentioned is because Tyrese like shared a photo I believe it might have been on uh Instagram that you know basically shows a a uh, black um Green Lantern Corps member so you know obviously that would you know indicate in some way that uh there's a possibility of that so i don't know i mean honestly i'd like to see him prove you know prove everybody wrong i mean i I can't be the only person that thinks like he's just a completely unserious character in whatever role he fills it would be good to see him like show some other dynamic you know as far as his acting abilities go just kind of prove everybody wrong and like take him more serious as an actor so that maybe he can kind of you know get better roles kind of like Ludacris because at first Ludacris was just kind of like he was a cameo and like everybody knew him as Ludacris and like he was kind of like super street you know in the first like you know in in his first cameos like he was like super street like rapper looking guy because that was what everybody knew him as but like as Fast and Furious has continued down the franchise you know he's turned into a you know an ultra intelligent character not just the street smart character but just like a very intelligent character, computer hacker that's, you know, I mean, has like a, I don't know, a, a role with some depth that goes beyond, you know, funny punchlines. Right. So <clears throat> with that, um, kind of move into like a kind of a silly story, I guess. And uh, this has to do with a guy that took a girl on a date and then... Uh, this date that he had apparently started texting during the movie of, and which movie was it? I'm, I'm sure some of you guys have even read about this already, but it was for Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Took his date to go see Guardians of the Galaxy 2 when it first come out, that, you know, that opening weekend. This date that he had is fucking texting through the movie the entire time, and he's basically like, hey, look, you know, we're not going to date again. You texted through the entire movie. I want my money back for the movie ticket because you didn't even freaking watch it. Yeah. And the girl didn't take him seriously. It was like, uh, I'm not paying you back for anything, you know, and just leave it alone. We didn't get along, and that's all there is to it. Well, dude was completely 100% serious and fucking filed a complaint in civil court to get, like, I think it was like 18 bucks back for the movie. And I think when somebody ended up catching up with this lady and was just asking her, like, hey... Like, how do you feel about this? And she was just kind of like, I didn't fucking think the dude was serious. I didn't take him serious. But, like, you know, and then it comes out later. It seemed like it might have been, like, a week or or so after he'd actually (laughs) pulled the trigger and going to civil court to take her to court for, like, the 18 bucks that he wanted. She paid him back. She paid him back. But um, it's just pretty freaking crazy that that would... That would happen. I mean, like, okay, put yourself in this situation. We're not married. You're freaking dating somebody. You go to this. You go to this movie. You pay for the guy to go see this film with you, and like, he's just an inconsiderate prick. Texts through half the thing. Probably didn't watch the other half of it or whatever. Um, you know, do you just basically like cut your losses and walk away, or yeah. do you like demand your fucking twenty two dollars in the six bucks that you split for the popcorn? You'd be like, wow, this guy's a douche. Bye. And just consider it money loss, life loss. I mean, there had to. I mean, there has to have been more. 
There's probably more. To the story for like why this dude was so adamant about getting his $18 back. Because to me, it doesn't even seem to be worth the effort. I mean, I would have... The amount of time that he spent like to prepare a complaint... Like, and then go to civil court for 18 bucks. Like, it sounds like the guy had, like, mental issues. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand why he would... Like, at that point, you've already exerted more effort. Huh? And, like, have technically wasted time that you could have, you know, been, I don't know, doing something else that could have made you 18 doing bucks. anything so, else. Like, you could have done anything else that would have made you your money back. But, I mean, I guess it was the point of he wants his money back from her. Huh? Uh, you know, but point made. Uh, that, that is pretty crazy. I mean, I guess, um, I don't know, be a little more aware of the people that you're going to Just take don't on text a, during a movie. That's take on so a rude. Date. Yeah. I mean, that does go without saying that, yeah, texting, fucking taking phone calls, forgetting to take your phone off a ring or any of those things. And I would even go as far as to say beyond that, if you're going to go to a fucking movie, it's seven o'clock in the evening or some crap like that. Leave your kid at home. Yeah. That means any kid that's like still in fucking diapers or any kid that can't sit still in a chair and not cry at some point. That also includes any kid that just can't behave in their chair and like can't keep their feet to themselves. Meaning those fucking annoying kids that like kick the back of the fucking chair. I hate that. Oh my fucking god. I hate that so much. I hate that parents like bring these like annoying ass kids to these movies. We were always like decent parents. I mean we were always decent enough parents that like when we felt. I mean and we brought our tiny you know still in diapers children to the movies before. But the difference is is that when we took them we felt that they could actually be quiet through a whole movie. And in most cases they were. Zero issues, never fucking cried. The one time that they did cry, we left the movie theater. We were bummed that we were out the money, but that's just a considerate thing to do. Not try to fucking suffocate your kid from crying, or to let them cry for a couple of minutes in hopes that they don't cry anymore. Like, you're ruining the movie for everyone. Yeah. And then, and when we were like, eh, you know what? We're not confident that our kid's going to be able to sit through this one. We found a fucking sitter. Or we paid for somebody to watch our kid. Like, you know, we didn't just like, oh yeah, you know, fuck it. I'm paying ten bucks for this movie. I don't care what anybody else experiences. It's bullshit. Anyways, that's kind of <laughs> off topic from where we were. But I'll just digress and we'll move on to another story. And this has to do with uh, um, a movie we saw, or I saw on Yahoo Sports, of all places, that has to do with a movie, but it does pertain to sports, I guess. Charlie Sheen saying that the uh, original cast is on board for another major league film. Now, what's cool, what's funny about this is that I've seen this movie a bunch of times, and I fucking love the original major league movie. I thought it was hilarious, and uh, what uh, is timely about this article is that we actually watched this Major League movie probably about, like, three or four days ago. And Amanda had never seen it. Yeah. And, uh, That's so, funny. So we watched it, and she loved it. Um, you know, she appreciated it as much as I did. And so then it's like, oh, shit. Like, you know, then, like, the next day, they're talking about making a Major League sequel, which I think is... I, I thought that was just, like, what? Seriously? Like, the timing... <laughs> The timing was incredible. Um, but I'm actually excited to see uh, a Major League 2. I mean, I guess 
Um, you know, there might even be like a franchise in the works, I guess, depending on how well, uh, you know, this, this, uh, major league movie does, you know, that there, you know, could potentially be more major leagues beyond that one. So I guess we'll wait and see, um, what happens with that. Um, I don't even know that there's necessarily a, a timetable in place for this movie. Uh, you know, it might just be that, you know, he's got everybody on board, you know, but there's like no actual, uh, there's no funding, right? There's no funding yet or like any sort of production that's taking place. So I don't know. Don't hold your breath, but you know, there's a good chance. So then we're moving on to games here. And as far as the games go, I mean, we don't really even play this game anymore. Uh, this was actually from Forbes, which is like, why is Forbes publishing this? Uh, but whatever. Um, anyways, this has to do with Pokemon Go and their new anti-cheat solution. And, uh, basically reading up on this article is that, you know, there's a lot of apps out there that, um, are, you know, like using the little, little radars and stuff like that to like be able to find these rare Pokemon. And there's all these, I mean, there's apps that like do all kinds of stuff that basically kind of take away from the integrity of the game. Because these people that are using these apps have an unfair advantage to people that aren't using them. And so, you know, they're able to dominate, you know, normal players uh, a little bit easier. And that's how, you know, these people end up, like, going to these Poke Gyms and just, like, destroying everybody because they're using these cheater apps. And basically, what Pokemon is doing, instead of, like, outright banning these people, because then somebody will just create another account and then do the exact same thing to get their account back up to where it was, right. you know, with these cheater apps... Is that they're flagging the accounts instead of a full out ban. So what happens is you can still play, but the flagging system basically makes it so that you're like in a pokey hell. It's like a per a pokey purgatory is is I guess where whenever you're looking around, all you're ever gonna see is normal Pokemon. You'll never find a rare. I still need a Pikachu. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I retired. I retired for the Pokemon Go game when I found my first Pikachu. And I, what's funny is I actually found my Pikachu for the um, theatrical release for uh, Batman The Killing Joke. When we watched the theatrical release, right after the movie was over, I just pulled out my fucking phone and found pikachu and then i was like all right i beat the game it wouldn't let me keep the pika i tried <laughs> and i can't get it it's funny is whenever i say I've that i never had another one but yeah amanda's like you didn't fucking beat the game there's still so many pokemons and all stuff mike as far as i'm concerned i beat the game because i got i got pikachu so. i just really want a pikachu so i mean I, I think that's cool you know that it's still like going pretty strong and all that stuff but, but how is that gonna Stop them from making a new account and starting all over again. I mean, it's not necessarily going to... I mean, it's basically going to bomb their account, but, like, you you know, there's nothing that's actually going to keep anybody from, you know, physically cheating at any point. I mean, they're already anticipating that at some level there's going to... At some point that there's going to be a workaround, huh? and that they're going to work around this flagged system yeah. and still, you know, be able to keep their accounts, but... You know, they're just doing what they can to stay ahead. Which, I mean, it goes to a greater point, is why do you play a game like this? Just to cheat. Like... Takes all the fun out of it. I mean, I guess it's super fun for the person that's cheating, because, oh, look at them owning all these noobs. 
But, like, you're, in fact, the fucking noob because, like, you can't even play at the same level as everybody else without fucking cheating. So, like, I don't even understand why you'd want to play a game where you're just cheating through the entire thing. It's kind of silly, but it is what it is. There's always going to be cheaters, and people are just going to have to learn to deal with it. Uh, So, a couple of uh, mentions before we get to a main topic. The first is that, um, this is from Inverse, is that Netflix is... Uh, Netflix had already shared a trailer for an R-rated Castlevania series, which, I mean, Castlevania is like as old as the, you know, regular Nintendo Entertainment System itself. Uh, the Castlevania series, as it was described, is going to be uh, similar to what you'd expect from, like, Game of Thrones, as uh, as it's been compared. So, I mean, that's a pretty lofty goal. Um, yeah. You know, so... We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. So, I'll, I mean, I'll watch it. I mean, I'm, I was never really into the Castlevania series, but whatevs. Uh, next, as far as mentions go, and this is just like real quick news, is that T.J. Miller, who's like uh, that annoying business guy that doesn't really know much as far as like programming goes, he's the one that lets all of the guys that are programmers like stay in his house in Silicon Valley, um, he is leaving the show. So the character Eldritch is leaving the show. Um, I mean, I guess that's no surprise. You know, as people may have noticed, he's been in a couple of uh, movies um, lately that he's done pretty well in. So, I mean, it just makes sense that he's just kind of like, okay, you know, I'm in the big leagues now. I don't necessarily need to stay with the show. Which is disappointing because the Silicon Valley is a, a, uh, a success in its own. And it's a really good show. So, I mean, maybe he just left not because he's bored of the show, but because well, he just he doesn't have time. sinking. Though, maybe he's going to get out before. Or he just doesn't have time. You know, I mean, if he's doing other productions and stuff, he just can't, you know, make the time commitment to, like, make these shows. Maybe that's part of it. I mean, I don't really know. So, it's lame. But, uh, yeah, he's leaving the show, and, like, he's a very funny part of it, so... Yeah. We'll see where, uh, you know, what a, how big of a hole he leaves uh, with his exit. And lastly, uh, for our final topic, and this was just yesterday at about 8 p.m. that this got posted by Phoenix Comic Con. We would have attended this event had it not been on Memorial Day weekend. I always have something going on Memorial Day weekend, and so they'd actually move the dates so that it's landed on this weekend and, uh, you know, our intent was to come back, but just couldn't do it because of their uh, date changes. And so yesterday, Phoenix Comic Con essentially posted what is a huge overreaction and it has to do with the bombing that took place at the Ariana Grande concert in Manchester in the UK. Um, you know, that killed, I think, over 20 people at this point and injured many others. Like 22. Yeah. Like uh, 59 are injured. Yeah, there's, it's, it's a pretty tragic event. And, uh, you know, with that in mind and, uh, you know, kind of that was a very public place, um, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a large event, uh, you know, Phoenix, took it upon themselves to, you know, be extra secure with their convention. And, uh, basically they're limiting access points to about three, uh, they're not, uh, they're not allowing, 
any sort of costume props. Uh, you know, they basically want you to leave them at home or in your car. Uh, that includes costume props, props, you know, for staff, crew, costuming groups, panelists, uh, participants in the masquerade ball, any activity that, like, you use a prop, don't bring it. Um, all costume props aren't allowed. That includes uh, foam, cardboard props, shields, sabers, uh, purchase props. Um, I guess they're going to be wrapped by the vendors and must be in that state while they're on site but they actually encourage you to basically like leave the convention and then like go put it in your car because they don't want you like even like really walking around with some of the stuff either um and it just goes on and on about like you know you know bags and you know all these props and all this extra stuff that you can't bring now and it's super last minute because i mean technically the first day for the event wasn't it yesterday yeah they started yesterday and so you know, then for them to be like, okay, we're going to do one day where this is loud, but now we're going to like shoot out a freaking quick post on our Facebook page at 8 p.m. saying that, hey guys, leave all that shit at home. You can't bring it. Like, that's bullshit. You know, and the thing is, too, is it's like you're basically allowing these, you know, terrorists and criminals to like dictate like how we're going to live our lives. Like, none of what they're going to do in this situation is necessarily going to prevent another terrorist attack. And for I them, just think that they are feeling themselves a little too much. Because if I were going to do that, I would pick a bigger convention than Phoenix Comic Con. San Diego or New York would be much better options if they're really looking at it like that. And I just think this is kind of an overreaction. I mean, you know, I, I understand your point. But, like, you know, to kind of have a different perspective on that is, like, who would have thought... That, you know, the place where an explosion took place would have been at Manchester. Why wouldn't they have waited till it was in London? Like, she was going to be in London like, two or three days. Like, why wouldn't they wait until it was in London? Well, they said they had a whole little network of dudes hanging out right there in Manchester waiting. So, I mean, maybe they didn't want to travel. Maybe they're lazy terrorists. Maybe. I don't know. You know, and the thing is, too, is it's just like, I kind of understand why they're doing what they're doing. I mean, with obvious reason to recent events, but at the same time, like... All of this isn't going to necessarily prevent, like, anything. I mean, how many times, like, when you go, well, like, whenever we've gone to, like, a, a venue for any sort of activity, like, do security guards just kind of, like, take a real quick gander into your bag or yeah, whatever? Yeah, they peek in the top, they, they shake they, the bottom, and yeah, they're they, like, oh, you're good. Yeah, they, they put their hand underneath the bag and jiggle it. I mean... It, FYI, I've had knives in my purse before, usually yours, where, oh, shit. yeah. I didn't take it out, and we put it in my purse, and I walk right on in. You know, the thing is, too, is, I mean, there's some places where, you know, you're not allowed, you know, like, they don't like, you know, that people have guns, um, you know, but, you know, I have, you know, I have a CCW, so, like, I have, I'll have my gun on me, and, you know, <laughs> they don't even check, you know, it's like, it doesn't matter, nobody's at risk, me having my gun, because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm allowed to have it, and I'm, you know, not a fucking nut. But, you know, who else did they miss that had a fucking gun that, like, you know, got into an event? You know, it's just one of those things where, you know, it's silly to think that, like, all of this inconvenience is going to somehow make everything more secure. A perfect example of this, uh, before we wrap up, is a TSA. When, you, when we go flying to Hawaii, look at all those security checkpoints that we got to go through and all the extra time that it takes for them to do all this stuff. Yeah, that's annoying. And, and you still read about people that... 
you know, get weapons past, you know, claims and, you know, like, uh, you know, they were testing out security and they were still able to get, like, a mock bomb through and, you know, all these situations where, like, there's just constant security lapses where, like, if people really wanted to get shit through, they're still going to get stuff through. Yep. It's going to happen. And so doing all of this really just kind of punishes, you know, all the law-abiding people that would never do that. Bottom line is, law enforcement and people in general need to be more vigilant about things that stick out and not be worried about, you know, whether or not they're not being PC for spotting something and reporting it. That's what it comes down to. I mean, whether or not, like, that would have had any difference in this recent event, who knows? You know, I'm not going to Monday, you know, night quarterback that fucking thing at all. You know, it happened. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's I think it's kind of silly that Phoenix Comic Con chooses to do that. I, I, you know, I guess it would kind of weigh into whether or not we'd consider going back in 2018. So <laughs> If they have one next year. This, this convention has had so many problems, like, just running the course of this year that, I don't know, either they need to scale back or they need to be done, well, I think. Well, and the consensus was, like, people that raged about this post is that, like, oh... You had all these people that were coming, and then half of them pulled out, and now this? Yeah. Like, refund please. You know, there's a lot of people, like, demanding refunds that are super pissed. Whether or not they'll actually honor refunds, who knows? Because I know one of the things was, is like, you know, people that pay money to, say, meet somebody, and then the meet and greet doesn't take place because so-and-so pulls out. I've heard that they don't give refunds, and that they just basically give you, like, a credit so that you can use it for something else. And so, like, I'd be... I, it makes me wonder whether or not they'd actually, like, you know, honor your request for a refund, being that you're upset that, you know, they changed their policy at the last minute, which I feel that they should. But I wonder if they're just going to say, no, we're not, because they've already paid for the venue, they're already doing everything. And if there's, like, a mass amount of people asking for refunds, it's going to pretty much make them, like, completely insolvent, which is, I think, going to, you know, depending on how many people are asking, is going to determine whether or not they're actually going to honor refunds, I think. Right. So, but uh, on that note, that's pretty much all we have for today. Um, thank you for listening. This is episode 51. I'm Jesse here with Amanda Woo-hoo. saying goodbye Woo. and thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.